Welcome to the Living In Podcast, a show that helps successful real estate teams accelerate their growth and impact. Livian, love how you live in all aspects of life. All right, so this week on the show, I'm joined by Beth Repta. And Beth, uh, for anyone in the real estate business who doesn't know who you are, how would you describe yourself? Well, I'm five five. No, I. Uh, how would I describe myself? I love it. Ooh, um, uh, scrappy. No, okay. I, yeah, scrappy, for sure. Five five um, and scrappy. I like I like the start scrappy. of this already. Yeah, right. Um, how would I describe myself? Um, just I think that I'm extremely hardworking. Um, I. I too have a ton of energy. Um, I'm driven. I have the heart of an entrepreneur and, um, yeah, I just, I'm a doer. Um, I don't know. I just, and, yeah. And, and so then title wise, like what are the titles that you wear in life right now? Mom of teenagers. That's number one. It's cool. Okay. Really cool. 13 and 11. So like sort of preteen and super teen. Um, so that's the, that's the number one title right here. Um, number two is wife. Number three is um, the CEO of the living in Chicago land vertical. What else have I got going? Ooh, number four, marathon runner, marathon runner, marathon runner, not if you were to see my full profile, you'd be like, really? <laughs> I don't see it, but here we are. Um, yeah, totally crazy. I can't believe it either, but it happened. Got the medal somewhere in this office, so it happened. So two, teenage, two teenagers, um, wife and CEO alongside Marathon Runner. How do you have any time to be CEO with those other three titles? I don't. Eric, this is the way it is. I'm going to totally throw on the win the morning, win the day. And I'm going to be honest, like today I did not win the morning. I didn't. And I like, okay. I, I'm so, I was like, all right, I'm not going to throw this whole day away just because I didn't win the morning. But I kind of got in squirrel mode yeah. where somebody's asking me for lunch money. Somebody's asking me to do some like recruiting for our vertical. Some I need to get a couple contracts done. I totally squirreled. And so um, I was like, hey, we're going to hit the reset button at noon. We're not losing at all. Just like reset, get organized and get your stuff done. But Eric, it is every morning we talk about it on our CEO call, which I never miss. Our CEO, 7 a.m. It definitely is a good way to start the day. But like they always talk about when the morning, when the day. So like that is the only way that I'm going to manage all this is like if I have everything in my calendar. I have a clear mind and walking into the day and I, and it's all scheduled out. As long as I follow that, I can manage it all. It's the days that like today where you get off a little bit where like, I'm like, where, where, what am I even doing? This is, I'm all over the board here. So like, but you don't have to lose the whole day. Just like cut it at noon, get your squirrelness out of the, out of your system and then hit the reset and get focused. So I, okay. So I've got a couple questions then. So you cut, you, you cut it at noon. What does that mean? Or what does that look like? Like give me the tactics. Um, if I'm a listener of, I start out the beginning of my day sucks and then I reset at lunch. What does that look like? 
just like stop reacting to everything. Just stop. Like stop picking up the phone. Like you have a calendar. It is full of the what you are supposed to be doing. So just cut it and go back and look at it and see, get back on track with what you're supposed to do. And fill it out a little bit more if you need to. So you can time block a little bit better. But you're not, you cannot manage all that. I can't manage like running my kids to sports, managing contracts and clients, talking about the opportunities that we have in this business, except friends, you know, if you sprinkle some of those, you know, yeah. other relationships in, you can't, you can't manage all that without like having a plan and having a schedule and mastering it and staying focused. So that's how you run it. So then you said when the morning, so when the morning is, how, what does that look like tactically for you? How do you decide if you've won your morning? Um, so like I have, um, first of all, I love that we have a 7 a.m. CEO call. And it's 8 o'clock for those of us not on. Okay, or on, okay fair. So yes, yes. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. You're an indie. <laughs> like, I, you're like my neighbor, and yet you have a different time zone. Okay, so yes. Yeah. Fine. Um, so with that, that was my catalyst to say, well, I have to be on that call. And by the way, like Zimmerman's like, you know, Dawn takes attendance. So you like have to show up to that call. I'm like, and ever since <laughs> I, that, I was like, okay, I'm not missing. So whether that's true or not, he got me. Whatever. We do take attendance, by the way. We do. Oh, cool. Okay, fair. See, I show up. I do what I'm told. I didn't know anyone else knew that, but yes, we do. <laughs> okay, then there's truth, I guess. Okay. So he <laughs> yep. told me he takes attendance. I don't want to be the, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm on it. So that, interestingly enough, that little piece right there is like, okay, I got to, from there, if I have to be on that call at seven, me, I'm going to run another marathon. I got to get up. I got to get that running before that call. And, um, and before, the, and then before I get on the treadmill or outside to run, I need at least three cups of coffee. That's going to take an hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that starts at five. So three cups of coffee, six o'clock run, seven o'clock CEO call, shower. Then we have our lift off. And then from there, it's two hours of Legion. That is it. That's the day boring, right? But that, what do we talk about? Success is boring. I mean, it's repetitive. It's monotonous. That's what the morning looks like every single darn day. There you go. And then lunch money, lunch money sprinkled in there somewhere and, oh, and yeah, whatever else the kids block. They're like, mom, you got to sign this mom. There's a permission slip mom. And then I'm like, Hey, there's a stain on your shirt. You know, we go through that for like a half hour. So I factor that in. There's a little yeah. bit of that. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Well, I, I think it's always good for people to hear that. And I, and I say that because, you know, we, we go to these events and, you know, obviously we, we've got one coming up in a couple of weeks and someone will, will sit on stage and they'll, they'll talk about their perfect win the morning and they'll leave out that part where the kids ask for lunch money and they'll leave out the part where there's a stain on the shirt or, you know, like my son who, who just hates to change his clothes, no matter how many days in a row he's tried to wear them, you know, like all that stuff gets left out. I know boys and, want to wear the same And the reality is over. I don't know. It's so ridiculous. And so those things get left out and I'm like, it doesn't help anyone understand the challenges of running a business and wearing multiple hats. And so so I love that that those are parts of reality that still show up in your business um, that you still have to manage and 
that sometimes you do have to hit that reset button by midday. It's not just all marathon and wake up at 5 a.m. and and follow a schedule. No, there are days. And so just... how do you have that awareness? Like, what is that? What, what's that like alarm bell that goes off in your head that goes, OK, I, I had this agenda and these priorities and I didn't do it. Like, what is the recentering? Um, like, how do you how do you have that realization? Um, you just know when you're not when you're not following your schedule, when you're not getting stuff okay. off your list, when you're. When you just are, when you're letting it run you and you're not running it, you know, and then all of a sudden you're just taking calls. Somebody calls you and you're just taking the call rather than being prepared for the call and, and designating a time for the call, you know, um, just stuff like that. Just, you can't let it run you, which is what so many people um, ha struggle with in this business. They just let it run them all over the place. Um, honestly, Eric, I think too, that there was an old regime and an old thought process around real estate that it's 24 seven and you have to answer every call when they call yeah. you. Absolutely not. Uh, uh. If someone wants to talk to me, I'm like, Hey, I have time at 11. Let's talk. I'm focused. They're focused. We have a productive conversation. I don't waste my time. Ta you know, calling them, they can't pick up, but then they call me and I can't, who has time for that? Hey, can we talk at 10? I'm free. You free? Yeah. Productive in front of my computer, got my stuff up, get, we get it done that way. So you can't let this business run you. And do you do that with both your, with the people that you lead and with um, your real estate clients? Because you're, you're wearing multiple hats, right? You're still in production and you're, and you're leading. And so um, how do you decide how to differentiate each day or during times of the day who your clients are? Clients Just, being employees, clients being clients. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the team knows do not bother me during 9 to 11. I will not answer. Okay. You. I don't, I just won't answer you. Don't text me. Don't call me. If you do, it's great. I'm not picking up. I, I mean, it is a small window each day to continue to build that pipeline. It is so important. It's, it's extra important right now. So, um, yeah. so don't bother me during that time. And they know that. So um, that's how I kind of manage that. Outside of that, whatever. It's so it's not okay. that complicated. Just don't bother me during that that time. Nine to eleven, I'm yeah. off. After that, whatever you need, you know, just what is what does lead gen look like during nine from nine to eleven? What is your definition of lead gen or what you do during that two hour block? Well, here's the scoop. I, I'm not like this isn't like Libyan has made this easy. Like let's just face it. Like just take the thought out of it. This is the thing yeah. I love about Libyan. I left to me. I would spend at least half hour to 45 minutes saying, I'm going to make some calls today, but who, who am I going? I've got to pull that list. And then I pulled, then I pull this and then Excel doesn't work out or the download doesn't happen. And then I was like, I'm screwing around with it. No, just like follow the, follow the plan that they tell you every day, you know, just do yeah. just, so I like how there's variation in what we've been working on this month, which is, um, the lost treasure. Um, one of my very favorite things to do, which I find so effective, is using that Reach app. I love it. The Reach app, um, uh, that got, the the, lock, the lost treasure was a catalyst for me to like start to use that at a high level. And um, 
I feel like it's personal. They, it is my personal cell phone number. I can customize these texts that I'm sending out. It's an easy vehicle. I use it to get reviews um, because it's easy. I like this. I love this app. I'm a huge fan of it. So like that's one way that um, that I've been doing a lot of lead gen. That's quick. It's personal. And it's a connection with my past clients. And it is and it is really um, been impactful. Like I I literally someone said, tell me more. So tell me about how you use it. Um, OK, so I uploaded all, all my past clients. So I had like a list of 500. I uploaded them all. And then uh, each day I selected like I took 100. I batched them 100 at a time. And like, I'm not going to tell you that I sent it, you know, I'm not going to tell you that I sent him to all 100 people each day, but I would like kind of pick like, ooh, you know, it's been a, while, a minute, been a minute. So I go through uh, the 500 list. I, I batch them by 100. I, I customize this message. Hey, I've been thinking about you. Is there any, I, is there any friends and family I can help? It was a simple message, like two lines. Um, then I went down, selected the people I wanted to send it to that day. And I, and as you send these text messages through reach, you can like customize them a bit. This whole process that I'm telling you about, by the way, maybe take seven minutes. Okay. Even if you wanted to customize some of these for your clients. So I would say, oh my gosh, that's, you know, Mike Smith. Hey, Mike, by the way, love your new pool. I drove past it yesterday and it's, or I drove past it the other day. I love the way it turned out. Or, you know, like anything. Hey, I saw your kids over at Carrie Dairy the other day. They're so stinking cute. Like I just I put, you know, my few little like personal touches on. And then, and some people I didn't customize them. And then you're sending out like, mass text messages and people are writing me back. And I got like a couple, I got, hey, I cannot believe you wrote us. We want to go out. Can you show us this $600,000 property this weekend? No joke. I was like, on it. So it's cool. Okay, so you're using the Reach app. Mm -hmm. And and then every day you've got, right now, what amounts to be a prescriptive uh, plan of, of daily activities. So following that plan. But what I heard you say was that you got personal with things. So like, what is your what is your system to know what's going on in people's lives to make things personal. I'm assuming that you have something you do, whether it's documented or not, to stay up to date on, on your people. Well, I mean, honestly, a lot of my people are in my farm. I mean, a lot of my people live, I live in a small town outside of Chicago, like an hour out. Um, it's a very small town. We're very involved, mm -hmm. my husband and I, and you know, having teenagers, it's, we're just around. We just kind of know it's, you know, Facebook helps for sure. But like, these are just things that you know, if you work a small farm. Okay, so tell me about your farm, then I'm always intrigued um, when someone says that they work a farm, because the first thing that comes to my mind is that you, you know, you have these super cheesy postcards that you're sending out or, or yeah. maybe you're on like a bus bench or something. Yeah. Um, but I'm guessing that. <laughs> okay. <Yes>. Tell, so <laughs> tell me what your what is your farm or what is farming to Beth Repta? Yes. Well, I have a pair of overalls and yeah, <laughs> it's like the lamest term, by the way, the farm, but I'm so proud of my yeah. little farm. Um, it is so lame, but I love it. <laughs> it okay, so here's how this goes. You know who I, you know who I like really, um, two key people at KW got me going on this. Gene Rivers, the Jedi. Okay. 
love Jean Rivers. And um, Laura, I'm going to botch her last name. It's like Gilead, Gilead. And I feel horrible because she's she's incredible and she's out in Oregon and she she's got a setup okay. just like me. Um, I've heard them both speak at family reunion and all this good stuff. And they are the people that really inspired me to go go deep with this. So this is how this looks. Number one, my kids were little when I moved here, super little. And then they started playing um, baseball and football and the, all the balls. And at first I was like, oh, I got to work. Like I'm sort of feeling a little guilty that I'm like at the soccer game. But then I flipped the switch and I was like, ah, ah, ah. This is where I'm going to work, baby. So I just got to work at, on the sidelines. And I was always sort of like dressed up a little bit nicer than you would at a normal sporting event. And I kind of always had an earpiece in and, you know, and they're like, then people would ask me. I never even brought up anything about real estate. People would come to me and like, oh, I saw that you, you know, I saw you sold that house in Brigadoon. I was like, mm hmm. I was like, yeah, I did, man. So many people were interested. Isn't it cute? And then it was just so natural. So, um, but then I would, then we would go to a major ball field where there'd be six or seven fields. And then I'd be like, well, while my son's not batting, I'm just going to go to the next field. And then the next field after that, and then I'd work it until he was back at bat again. So I didn't miss a damn thing. <laughs> I just worked. And I'd be <laughs> a little nicer okay. and I walked through all the fields. It was working. And it how did, pe how did people know who you, how did people know who you were? Well, I have, I mean, not now and my hair is pretty red. So that was like kind of one It's like Peg Bundy. Okay. No, I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. My so you husband. went with like Peg Bundy with tall heels and, and big red hair and, and like a leopard top. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I was smoking too. So that, no, I don't know. My husband just like approached the things and I just worked it. I don't know. It just, I don't know. Well, okay. Kids, kids, um, preschool too. You know, I met a lot of families through there. And so like one of the preschool families or a couple of them would be at each field. And then I just go talk to my friends. Like you just normally would, but that to me was intentional work. I was just intentional. Then I'd sponsor and then I'd have a banner up and then, you know, then my name would be on the back of the Jersey. And it just spiraled from there. So that, so that was like a major thing. I worked the sports circuit pretty hard because I was there, my kids were there, my family was there, it was very natural. Um, but from there, um, I was big into the chamber and I sponsor things and I have a billboard and I send out postcards. And the biggest thing about postcards, Eric, is like, like, and just in general, you know, studying the turnover rates of things. I just, I picked up these tips and tricks from all the sessions I've sat in at family reunion and all, you know, I was sending postcards to this super high-end neighborhood that never turned over just because I love the price point. And then I was like, nothing ever sells here. Why don't I just go a little lower in price point where I could like turn and burn over here? I mean, if why am I wasting all this money sending it? Yeah, I mean, these are good price points, but no one's no one's moving. So I started, yeah. I targeted maybe a little bit lower so I could get a buy-sell. Because normally the higher ones are just sell. There ain't no buy. Buy is in yeah. a different state. So like I was like, well, why don't I just go a little bit lower? Then I could get a buy sell. And that's like so much better use of my money if I pick up a couple buy sells instead of just sell. So 
And so how did you, how did you find out what that sweet spot was? Did you do research? Is, did mm-hmm. you just, did you just know oh, yeah. your market? What was, how, how would someone who's never done this before start? So when you're running, okay. So like take my town, for example, let's say we have 20,000 people in a handful of neighborhoods. I just, I am also a super dork with data as I think maybe someone here is too. <laughs> I get I get accused of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I understood every I knew how many houses were in each neighborhood. And I would download the sales out of my MLS, all of them. And then I would do some Excel dorking and sort them and subtotal and blah blah blah. Um, which is not it's not super advanced, but for some it could be. But I dug deep enough to know, like, okay, in Fox, in Foxford Hills, out of a neighborhood of 350 homes, we have X percent that are selling. And I was always kind of interested in that. I wanted to get like a 5 to 7% turnover rate. And so okay. then I got really intentional with that. And so I just only targeted the handful um, that I knew could hit those numbers. Okay, so you want to see five to seven percent turnover rate in the neighborhood mm-hmm. in order for it to to have enough ROI. Um, if there's an agent who's like dominant in one neighborhood, will you go into that neighborhood or no? Do not care. Here's the thing that people okay. have to realize: this is an important thing about farming and just in business in general. Okay, when I go look at my MLS, again, a super dork, but we have measurements inside our MLS. I don't know if you guys have this, but we have Market View. Everybody probably has something a little different. But I could go in and, yep. and look at the market share percentages of everyone in my town. Now, even though, and I'm, this isn't like I'm not patting myself on the back, but like I am the the um, the leader in my town. But even with that being said, I only own about five percent of the listing market share, and I'm the leader, oh. and I'm like the leader by far. That's it. I own five percent. To me. There is a whole wide world out there. Like, I'm not satisfied with 5%. Okay. Like, I want 20%. Yeah. But it just goes to show, and what agents need to see is there's a whole lot of room. Whoever you think is number one is probably owns probably like that, less than that, maybe a little more than that. That's it. There yeah. is definitely Very- room for you. I love that. I love that. If there wasn't, then new agents would never be able to be successful, right? I mean, there's there's always a uh, surplus of, of availability for for new agents or mm-hmm. for for someone to come in and, and and duplicate a similar strategy in a different market. So you said there's twenty thousand people in your town, roughly eighteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, most people would say, well, you're an hour from Chicago. Um, why not? Why not go wide? How come you didn't take your business wide or go or try to get into that larger metro? Well, no, I mean, like with my partnership, we're in the midst of doing that. However, this is like my for me, this is so manageable. I still work those ball fields. I just go to my kids sports still in the same small town. You know, it's to me, this is so it's so conducive to my lifestyle. It's just, it's just around. I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it makes work fun. And it's in a town that I love and want to serve. Um, this town that I live in has been very good to me and they've embraced me. And, um, now, you know, the the relationship with me in this town has gone deep right now. I want to give back. I want to sponsor all the teams I want to do because 
the, the, the people here have really been good to me and good to my family. So now, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I like it here. People are good. My clientele is great. I'm cool with it. I want more market share. Does it, does it feel like work doing it that way? Not at all. No, not when you're just going to the Friday night football game. It's all I do. I just show up <laughs> and I'm not trying to act like I don't go on listing it. Like they just like, you no, know, I, no, no, I know what you mean. At the game. There's not, it's just like, I just show up and I shake hands and I'm like, Hey, what's yeah. up? Now I see, you know, it's just, it's just easy. It, it, for me, it just worked in my lifestyle where I'm at right now. Now, like, would I like yeah. to do something totally different? Like, do I envision myself one day, like, doing like real estate internationally. Heck yeah. It sounds awesome. But for today I've got an 11 and 13 year old. They need lunch money. <laughs> they, I need to deliver uh, it at their school <laughs> once in a while. It just works now. And I, and I'm, I'm happy. Okay. And I love it. I love it because the thing that I like about it is, is that um, everyone can adopt a similar model if they're intentional and strategic about how they apply it. But, you know, it's like we always say is that at the end of the day, the first principle of real estate is make friends. And you're you're making making friends your primary job every day by integrating into the community. And and you just happen to do it face to face. You know, Chris Weiss two weeks ago was talking about how how she built a similar business by doing it online with a mom's group. And and so there's there there are multiple ways to do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure, I I'm not that far off and from that. I love it. That's awesome. Um, so so it, you build a business that fits your personality and and integrates work and life cohesively. How how do you scale that now as you kind of think about where you you know you want to take the business or or where things are going with changes that you've made recently? What does it look like? Do you think to scale um, what you've been doing um, into a larger footprint? Well, what I'd like to go to do is go to the town um, next to mine too. And, um, and so what does that look like now? There's, you know, the challenge in that is like, my kids don't go to that school. I don't go to those football games. So it is a little bit extra work, but I will still tell you this, even if you run the math, um, you know, and you look at the big players and like, what does that look like to be number one in the town next door now? Um, again, it's like rinse, repeat. Yeah. I might not be there, but like, yeah. I can still go to networking events there. I can still sponsor things there. I can be a part of their chamber there and I can farm those neighborhoods. You know, all I have to do is get a couple sales in like one tiny area. Just start with one, start with one neighborhood. You don't have to go crazy. If you want to own the whole town that you want, don't start small to go big, like build on it. Don't spend all of your money, like blowing it out and sending it all over. Like, study the neighborhoods, pop off a couple sales in one, work that, and then work it, work it, work it. And then it's going to get bigger Then jump the neighborhood next to it, jump the neighborhood next to it. And like, just add on to it, but don't go too far too fast, just a little bit at a time. And then time on task over time, like then you can just build it out. So eventually you run out of time, right? And you add agents into the mix of this, right? Which is which is kind of the other hat that you wear. Um, who do, who's the target agent for you? Because um, given that rinse and repeat model, it sounds like it's somebody who's embedded into the local community. But who do you see as your target your target agent partner? I mean, the the whole 
I would say this about my team and then my team as I merged my team. The consistent characteristic of everyone that's kind of in my universe in terms of work and who I gel well with are people that have grit. The people that are not above rolling up their sleeves and getting it done. And I mean that anything. I mean, look at our profession. I mean, at those who are still in production, like how many times have you just gone in and like, oh, gee, uh, you know, so-and-so uh, moved out and they left a bunch of crap in their garage and you got to go move it. Well, guess who does? I'm not above that. And the people that yeah. I work with, they're not above that either. It's just like, hey, we got to get it done. We got to get it done. We go do it. Nobody's. How do you how do you test for that? Or how do you how do you find out if someone has that? It's just a vibe. I don't know. There's just a. I don't even know if I could pinpoint the quiet. It's just a sense of like I could just pick up on like, just um, just a just the hustle mentality. Um, just I don't know. Just the way that they act. I wish I had a better answer because. I could be a little bit more calculated about how I find these people, but they just kind of show up. <laughs> That's the vibe I give off. I just, yeah. I'm just kind of that way. But, um, but the people that I'm in business with, that's just kind of how they all are. They just have that mentality that they're doers. They get stuff done and people come to them to get stuff done because they know they'll get it done. Mm. Okay. So what I hear is that's potentially like a question or something to, to, to peel back to understand is like in, in case of emergency, um, you know, who, who, who comes to you or, you know, wh where do you go in the event uh, when everything's burning down and going to hell, do, do you run to go get someone else to fix the problem or do people run to you to solve that problem? Yeah. Um, because you're right. It's, it's, um, it's really taking charge of, of leading whatever that span of control is yeah. in order to, to just get shit done um, rather than talk about getting things done. So, so grit is number one. Is there a personality though that, that somebody has to have or you think is most effective to be really well integrated into a farm or into a community? Because someone is light, doesn't take themselves too seriously. Um, I mean, I don't. Um, and most of the people that I'm, again, most people that I'm around with don't, they don't take themselves too seriously. They're just kind of light. And, um, one thing that I've learned and adapted over the years, like just being with KW is just like the, the use of the disc, understanding how personality types mirror and matching. I'm very good at mirror and matching. I think that's, I think that's a skill set. If you know how to do it, like, that's a big thing just in general, being able to mirror and match, like you're sitting down at the table with someone and you've got, <clears throat> this is, I'm going to totally stereotype, whatever. Wife concerned about how I'm going to show this house. How does it look? I want it to look good in pictures. And how are we going to achieve that? Husband, like, let's talk financials and numbers. Um, so you've got maybe a yeah. high I and a high SC. How do you play to, how do you play to them both? And if you can talk to them both, understand the personalities, speak to them both mirror and match their, their, um, you know, their demeanor, like that's how you win. So like if other people, yeah. other agents can do that, if you can kind of like give the same energy that they're giving off, I think you win quicker that way, but you have to understand not only what that, what that is, what the disc is and what those personality types are, but you also have to have the skill set to be able to like actually mirror and match people. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so somebody who's light and fun, somebody who has um, what amounts to be emotional intelligence, really, and the, yeah. the ability to to read a room, read people. Um, and, and you talked about, you know, you talked about a, a partnership um, and, a, and a business partnership. So, um, so unpack that for me. What does business partnership look like today versus what business partnership looked like a year ago? This is so such a great topic because. Um, so like a lot of people will get into real estate because like they don't want a boss and they don't want hours. <laughs> like, okay, great. I, I didn't want that. <laughs> which means which means you don't want money. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want money. You don't want a schedule. Yeah, you don't want any of that. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So I did that. I didn't want that either. So I got in and did that. And then slowly over time, um, what I came to the realization is is like A, um uh I could go further faster with somebody, with somebody or something else. Um, and I, and I, and I was kind of hitting a point where I was in a good place, but, um, I just, I wanted more period. Not only did I want more, I know I was made for more. Like I was just not satisfied where I was at. Cause I know deep down, like I, I could achieve much more, but I needed to find like the who, and maybe the who was a who, and maybe the who was a platform too. Maybe they came together yeah. <laughs> and they kind of showed up in my world. Yeah. Like um, but so, so the high level of accountability I have now, like I was only accountable to me. Let's just be real here. A, I had two admin. They got paid a salary. That was never going to change. The only thing that was going to change in my world financially is my profit. And that was completely up to me. And if it dipped, who gave a shit? The only person it was affecting yeah. me. But now when I partner, now I'm held accountable by everybody else. And in this market, I need it and I like it. And I don't care. I mean, what does I, that mean? What does that mean? Because like accountability oftentimes gets kind of mangled as this negative term that someone, you know, does something to you to be accountable. I know that's not what you're saying, but uh, but I want the listener to understand what accountability right. means to you. Uh, I have to show, I mean, like I'm showing up in a, in such a much bigger way than I would for myself. I'm just showing up. I'm showing up to lead. I'm showing up to lead the people that are around me and then in our vertical and I'm showing up just so much bigger. Um, I showed up before. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I was running, but like now um, this, the CEO call, the time blocking of lead gen, like, was I doing that before? Meh, I kind of got, I could yeah. pull it off. Now I'm like, I've got others to that are around me that they're depending on me. And I'm good in a spot where people depend on me. Maybe that's a little different than some people. And maybe that's a little different than how they think about real estate and not why I don't know. For me, it was just time. I'd been in this business for 16 years. Yeah. And it was I wanted to achieve more. So I wanted to hook, hook, like hook arms with people that wanted that too. It, it is interesting. I think that there um, inherently always has to be um, some like responsibility, which is probably the word I would use in, in your case is now you have you have to be responsible to yourself and your family, but also you're responsible for the growth, the, the, the profitability, the success of the business, because other people's um, livelihood is connected to it. And you know that they're going to show up and get out of bed and hold up their end of the deal. Mm -hmm. 
So if you don't hold up your end of the deal, what I hear is it violates your standard. I won't let people down. How did, how, how long did it take for you to come to that like acceptance or that awareness or the willingness to, um, to make that change as someone who for 16 years did it independently? Well, I think it takes the right person to come along and say, Hey, you want to do this? <laughs> so that, okay, okay. like, yeah. So, um, fun story, you know, not that anyone cares, but he's the director of growth here. So I do. It is a good story. So <laughs> six, seven years ago, Joe says to me, like, I'll make this brief because I could go on. We probably have some time constraints, but here's like the short end of the story. Um, so my dad dies in 2015 randomly. And in that year, I was alone as a solo agent. I did 65 deals. So my dad dies in May and I called Joe Zimmerman in October. And I say, yo, I don't, I can't do this alone anymore. Like I basically had no, zero grieving time over the loss of my father because I was running this business hard and fast, couldn't stop. And what do you think? And um, Joe's just a type of person that is going to stop and take his time and really talk to you, listen, dive deep, um, which I so appreciated because this business can be lonely. So he says to me, I think you should go to, to career visioning. So I'm from Chicago. Lo and behold, career visioning is going to be held and taught by none other than Lance Loken in Detroit. I drive up there and I listen to Lance Loken um, and had no clue who he was. Joe's like, you don't have to be a KWE. Just, just go up there. And I did. I let my husband yeah. go. You need this. Just go. Drove up there, listened to the MREA book on the way up on Audible. Wow. Went to career visioning and listened to the rest of the MREA back. And I called Joe. I was like, where the hell has this whole system been my whole career? I mean, it's 10 years <laughs> in at this point. Why are we learning about this now? And um, the rest is history. So Joe, I mean, we then eventually we moved to KW. Him and I always had talked about working together. And then like, you know, six, seven years later, here we are. And then I go to mega camp and he's like, I, I say to him again, I just reach out. Because because in KW, they kind of have an interesting concept, like where you have these mentors and they can kind of be on your board of directors, you know, like your arbitrary board of directors. Yeah. And I considered him to be that to me. And so I called him when as soon as I saw he went to Libyan and I said, hey, I saw you went. I've been in conversation and we talked at Mega Camp and the rest is history. So I'm curious, who did Joe have to be for six to seven years? Like he did you this favor right on the front end of saying go to career visioning and read the book mm -hmm. um but but there's a gap and that gap was six to seven years worth of time who did he have to be as a leader or as a person yeah, in order for you to pick up the phone and call him um well we'd always talked through the years i mean always but like he was getting um he was getting up a, a market center up and running and and chicago was a is a tough it was a tough market for uh for kw in the city and they overcame a lot. He was kind of busy doing that. I was busy doing my thing out here um, and, and growing and getting things stabilized with the team and things like that. So just like over time, it just then became like the right time. Was there like, was there something that you saw in him that said, you know, I could, I could partner with this person. It's the reason I'm asking is, is that, um, you know, we've heard Gary talk about for so long that, that the industry would have consolidation mm -hmm. and consolidation to me oftentimes um, really does mean partnerships. And, mm -hmm. and so there, there are people who, you know, will listen and go, how do I get this 
this dynamic with, you know, Beth and Joe, two talented leaders who come together and partner in business, but it, it happened seven years in the making. So, so what, what does that person have to, how does that person have to show up? Who's listening? Um, I mean, this is going to, because for seven years, him and I ran the same playbook. We learned the playbook. What do you mean by that? We learned the MREA. This is where I'm going to sound like so much Kool-Aid, right? But it's true. Um, we learned the MREA. We worked the same models. We were building out a team the same way. We talked the same language. Um, and we'd see each other at everything. We were both devotees to family reunion. Um, as a matter of fact, he invited me to my first family reunion. I thought we were going to go have a picnic in someone's yard. Turns out we didn't. <laughs> Not that kind of family reunion? Okay. Hopefully volleyball and eat some hot dogs. I'm not That's right. That's right. I'm like, where are we going? And then he's like, it's in New Orleans. I'm like, well, that sounds like a lovely place for a picnic, Joe. Let's go. <laughs> I swear that's the truth. And then I was like, wait, there, there's a fee? <laughs> wait, I got to pay to go? <laughs> Your family's expensive. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we go there. And then it was like the fire hose of KW. And I knew that's where I wanted to be. And um, but we we had kind of both kind of for so to speak. I mean, we're like veteran agents at this point, even though we look very young. But we both kind of grew up in the system together. And then you know, and we're running the same game and just decided, you know, we wanted much more and we knew that we can make a huge impact in Chicago. And we both shared that for sure. You know, so. So, so you saw him at everything. You saw he was somebody who was learning based yeah. and someone who you, you were also learning based, yes. someone who was leading himself, who, which is, which obviously something that you were doing, who had a standard, who wanted more, um, there were, there was alignment in, alignment. in that growth path. Earth, no ego, you know, just so down to earth and it could talk to anybody. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, so it's just like, that makes sense. I, I, we just mesh like that geographically. It makes sense. Big time. I was serving up in the North Northwest suburbs. He was like city, North shore, uh, Western burbs. So it just kind of like fit together that way. So it was good. What did you mentally have to get past in order to partner with someone in business? Nothing. I was just already ready. How come? I just wanted that. I didn't want to make all the decisions myself anymore, Eric. I was kind of tired of it. And like, honestly, like, yeah, I just didn't want to make any, I didn't want to make all the decisions anymore. I was just kind of like, okay. I just, I, we did a good job for a long time. It's not that I, it's not like I, yeah, I just didn't it's want not to, like you were failing. I just wanted to like yeah. bounce something off people all the time. Like, Hey, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's and even now there's been several cases. Like I love a shiny object and I'm like, Hey guys, what do you think about this? They're like, it's not in the budget. Boom. Okay. I mean, that's, great for a person like me. So like, yeah. I love that. Again, it's like accountability. And they're like, yeah. snap out of it. We don't have any money for that. And I was like, okay, I love <laughs> it. I mean, like they just basically red lighted and green lighted. That is a problem of mine. And they shut yeah. it down immediately. So like better business decisions, right? It works. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. What is um what has living um allowed you to do and or this partnership allowed you to do differently than what you were doing at the same time a year ago? Not talk about direct mail. <laughs> I'm all, okay. Everything. I mean, honestly. Do you know I, there was one meeting? You're gonna love this. This is the story of every realtor. I always wanted to do a pie giveaway. I just want to stand outside for Thanksgiving okay. and give away pies, right? For me to talk about the pie giveaway, just we, I, I could probably total about a eight hours of talking about the pie, the cost, where we were going to give it away, how we were going to give it away, who we were going to give it away. Jeez. I don't need to talk about a damn pie anymore. Okay. I have like business to do. Just take away yeah. the pie discussion and we're like in more production. That's a whole day I just got back because I'm not talking about giving away a pie. I mean, it's that it's like that is a one minor example of like all the things that I don't have to talk about or do anymore. Honestly. It's so fat it's so funny that you use that as the example because because truthfully, in one event. Right in in Pi Day, um, when you think about decision fatigue, there are all of these micro decisions that add up to the success or or lack of success into just a Pi Day, just and pie. so you no longer have to make those decisions or be involved in them. No, thank you. Don't want to. I don't want to talk about pie anymore. I, that and that is like I said, that is one. You don't even like pie anymore. <laughs> Like over it, then, over it at this I would point. Through like such levels, I was like, "Well, you guys, we need to get custom ribbons to wrap the pie." And like my team's like, "Dude, we're not doing like, like you should hear eight hours of talking about this nonsense." And I'm like, "Well, there goes like three deals because I wasn't on the phone over a pie, you know, like it's stuff like that. Like, just get me out of here. Ever come on? Who cannot relate to this too? You all know that you're exactly you're exactly talking. yeah Excuse yeah." Me. So, so it's the simplification and focus then of being able then to, to no longer have to do the distractions or no longer have to make um, the decisions uh, or be involved in things that you shouldn't be involved in. No. And, and now you get to actually do the things you got into the business to actually do. Let's focus on the production. And again, it goes back to this year um, of like, that is the focus. All I want to focus on is like, what appointments am I going on? what contracts I'm getting signed, doing the two. I just want to get back to that level. I don't need to be spending time. I love spending time. Don't get me wrong. Like, but is it helping or hurting? You know, in this instance, it's probably not helping that I'm out there because my true yeah. talent is like going and locking up more inventory that we need to sell. I'm not talking about pies or the billboard I'm going to throw up or whatever it is, like all of it. So now, you know, we plug into this platform. We have a whole back end where I'm literally like, hey, we need new billboard artwork. This is sort of an idea I have. Boom. Four designs later in a day. Come on. Like, that's insane. That's weeks worth of yeah. work. Like, boop. I mean, and the examples I have go on and on, uh, like of just things that took us forever to get off the ground that are like already done. I was like onboarded in a, in a month's time, Eric, in December. I onboarded in December to January in one month's time. I've never accomplished so much for my business in one month than I did in December. It's unbelievable.